right, so we're in a series that we just started last week, and the title of the series is called The God of More Than Enough. Okay, and so I, we just started out asking a question last week, and when I started out asking a question this week again, the question is this, what are you good at when it comes to your money? What are you good at when it comes to your money? I'll give you some options. <laughs> like some of you have the spiritual gift of spending. Right? Like, I see all of hands, hands are shaking. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right, yeah. Like you're to shopping what I guess Nike is to tennies or something. You know, like you're just, you're all about shopping. You're online. It's the click buy. Mm. You know, there are so many Amazon boxes coming to your porch every day. You've... Maybe like over Christmas, you felt like, I should give the delivery guy Christmas presents, like bringing so many things in my porch. <laughs> so you're really good at spending. Or how many of you would say, and this is kind of funny that Jason brought this up in the hosting too, you're good at bargain hunting. I see some There's hands more going hands up. going up. Bargain hunting. You're always thrifting, right? <laughs> thrifting. Adulting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm working on that. It is the one. Yeah. No, but you're, you're on Facebook Marketplace or, you know, you're the coupon king or queen. You've got the bumper sticker that says, I break for garage sales. Like, I, like I'm stopping. And sometimes I think I'm, we get really glad about that whenever we head towards our rummage sale because so many people will say, I saw this at the side of the road. I stopped and I picked it up and I brought it in. I brought it in. Said free. Yeah, (laughs) but you're great at bargain hunting. You think if you find something for 50% off, hey, I'm buying it because I save money, right? You spend money. Well, in your mind, it makes perfect sense, <laughs> unless you bargain hunt every day. And so every day, you're buying something. <laughs> so you, we have people that are good at spending. We have people good at bargain hunting. Maybe some of you are good at saving or accumulating hmm. money. How many of you? Maybe not so much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see, well, any, I didn't I don't see, see any hands hand go up. Saving. <laughs> accumulating money. Your grandma maybe told you... It's always good to put something away, stick it under that mattress for a rainy day because you never know. You're going to need some money. And you really got into it. You're really into accumulating. You've got like a bunch of stuff, money stuffed under your mattress. This is where she told you to put it. So you've got so much there when you, it's like I could buy a small island with this now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you're good at accumulating money and stacking it up. But what's interesting about this all is there's not one Bible verse that says that we should be great at spending. Mm. And there's not one Bible verse that says that we should be really great at bargain hunting. And there isn't a Bible verse that says that we should be really great at storing up treasures for ourselves. On earth. Right? On earth, yeah. But there are plenty of verses in the Bible that tell us that we should be great at giving. Amen. And generosity is what Jason was saying in the offering. So let's, let's, let's pray. Yeah. Father, we're so glad that, that we could gather together in the name of your son, Jesus. And your word does declare that the Holy Spirit is doing a work in us. And he is faithful to do the work in us to complete the job and the day of Christ. We thank you, Father, because we do want to be conformed to your image. So we ask you to work on our hearts today. 
and we yield ourselves to you. Our ears are attentive. Our hearts are receptive. And we declare the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, amen. All right. Well, we're in part two of, and today's message is uh, called Qualities of a Generous People. Qualities of a Generous People. Now, take a look at this, this next slide here. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we're looking at uh, going through Second uh, Corinthians, and we're looking at some scriptures in chapters 8 and chapter 9. And you could go ahead and turn to those. Second uh, Corinthians is after First Corinthians. See, we're, we're growing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Going towards the... <laughs> If you were here last... The back of the Bible? Yeah. (laughs) Well, we want to give you a little context. If you missed uh, last week, uh, we were talking about that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his most prized possession, his son, Jesus Christ. And and Paul, uh, moved and inspired by the Holy Spirit, is writing to the Christians in Corinth. And he was encouraging them to be generous like Jesus. Uh, That church had intended to uh, give an offering to help the poor Christians in Jerusalem. And uh, previously the the Christians in Corinth said, yeah, we want to give. We're we're going to give. We're we're planning to give. Uh, And they started, uh, but they never followed through and gave anything. Uh, They had good intentions, but didn't follow through. And everybody said, oh, me. (laughs) (laughs) But this is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. Paul says this. We've urged Titus to encourage, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. You had good intentions, and now what he's doing is sending somebody back to help them follow through on those good intentions. He wants them to finish, and I like how he says this, finish the ministry of giving. Finish the ministry of giving. Actually, the act of of giving is very spiritual. He calls it a ministry of giving, and I like that personally. Obviously, praying is very spiritual. We know that. Reading the word is very spiritual. Fasting is spiritual. Going to a missions trip is spiritual. You know, serving in mile one is spiritual. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And in the nursery, you are really spiritual if you're... (laughs) And giving is an act that is very spiritual too because it's also an act of worship. And what we need to do is actually start to thinking that giving is a actual ministry. And so, so he's sent uh, to give them an insight about to finish the what they started about giving. Yeah, so and, let's go, go on to verse 7. Where you yeah, go ahead. It. Verse 7, which says, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, mm-hmm. your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to... Excel in the gracious act of giving. So Paul is saying, you know, you've got big faith and you've mm-hmm. got 
great communicators and you've got you know bible knowledge and you have spiritual enthusiasm and yeah. you're you know you're showing love but i also want you to be great at giving i want you to excel at being generous learn to be generous yes. and so what i'm guessing about most of you is you're probably a little bit like me or maybe us <laughs> and you actually want to be great at giving yeah. you, you do want to give you've got good intentions but we don't follow through. Oh, me? Anybody can say that. <laughs> How many of you would say that, you know, you've ever thought about giving with good intention, but you didn't follow through? Yes. I mean, we all have. Uh-huh. Every one of us. For sure. I mean, maybe you saw a person in need somewhere. Somebody told you about somebody and you thought, oh, I should give. And then time, you know, a day goes by and you forget. Or you see somebody on the street even. It's like, yeah. oh, I should give. And you're, you know, in a hurry. And it's like, well, you your mind talks you out of it. Or in the mail, you get something. Uh, you know, that tugs at your heart. It's like, this is a good cause. I should give something to this. And you put it aside. I'll get to it later because I'm busy now. And, you know, a couple months later, you find it dusty on your table <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> or you're watching TV and you see things that are worthy of a worthy cause. I mean, I can only think back here at Christmas time when those St. Jude commercials. Pretty awesome. It's almost like, take my bank account, take it all, take my house, take it. <laughs> but do we get up and get our credit card? And I think that's, that's, what, that's what we're getting at. We want to be generous. Yes. And yeah. Paul's talking to the Corinthians about this very thing, the same issue that many of us have. I, I think that we want to be generous, mm-hmm. but we're not necessarily great all the time about following through. Right. Uh, but here's the thing. If you want to be good at anything, you, you've got to do what? Practice it. <laughs> yeah, you don't become great at anything without... It's, yeah, you don't become great at anything by accident. That is for sure. It, nobody came in and... Uh, I've never heard anybody say, well, I just walked up to this piano and... All of a sudden, I was a concert pianist. Don't even know how it happened. You know, just don't have any idea. Uh, it's like going to a Taekwondo class, and then all of a sudden, that same day, you walk out of there, you're a black belt. <laughs> or, you know, I've never heard anybody say, you know, I, uh, I, I just did my first heart surgery, and, you know, I... <laughs> I got my butter knife out and, you know, I don't know what I was doing, but I I was really pretty good at it. (laughs) You don't do that. You don't, nobody does that. And the way you get good at something is that you actually plan to work at it. You're strategic and you decide you're going to work at it. And it's the same thing. You don't accidentally become a generous person. And the reason we don't become a generous person is because by nature... We're selfish people. We, <laughs> anybody have two-year-olds? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> do you have to teach them to be Yeah, selfish? do you have to teach? All right, kid, sit down now, and I'm going to teach you how to be selfish. Um. I'm going to give you this toy. And then I'm going to take it back. And what I want you to do is scream as loud as humanly possible. <laughs> no! Blood curdling. <laughs> yes, blood curdling. Yes, chalkboard scratching. You cry. You don't have to teach a two-year-old that, huh? 
No, you don't. Okay, here, how about this? There's a group picture. And nobody tells you to look at yourself first, but that's what you do. You look at yourself first. And you look at that picture. If it's a good one of you, yeah, that's, that's a great picture. Even though everybody else's eyes are closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think this is a good photo for yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> but if everybody else looks amazing and you're the one like with that, ah, we're looking at your face, you know. <laughs> it's like, that's a bad picture. Don't use it. Take another one, right? <laughs> yes. Why? Because, you know, we, we tend to be selfish people. We are self-focused. Yeah. And so we don't really excel at generosity just by accident. You do have to plan for it. And we, we put up a scripture here from Isaiah mm-hmm. 32, an Old Testament scripture. And it says this, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Nice. So generous people, what do they do? Plan to do what is generous. And then they do what? They stand, stand firm in, in that generosity. Yeah. So think about it. Like we plan a lot of things. We plan a vacation. We might plan to remodel our bathroom. We plan a party. We might plan a date night. But most people don't really think about planning their giving. Right. And then we end up operating, like we said last week, out of a bag mindset. Remember that? If you were here last week, we talked about the bag or the barn mindset. The bag mindset is the one that has a bunch of holes in the bottom of it. So everything that comes into the bag, just we spend and... We don't know where it's really going and everything's just coming out. And at the end of the month or when, during the month, we're like, I don't know. I don't have anything left to give. I want to give, but it all like, fell out of the bag. There's nothing <laughs> left in the bottom. Um, so to be generous, we really have to change our mindset. Right. Because we, we said this last week, too, that, you know, it's not so much a money problem for a lot of us. It's a mindset problem. It's how we think about money. Right. Okay. And so the barn mindset... We, last week we mentioned was believing that I met, when I make a plan to give and I do the first fruits, like I give God the first fruits, which we looked at in Proverbs, of all he's given me, then he'll replenish my barn. Yes. So that I have more to give. And there's this flow to our life rather than kind of what comes in is what I want to do with it. And, and it all just seems to fall out the bottom. <laughs> but giving is an action, but a generosity is a mindset. Yes. And I think this is, this is why when Jason was speaking, the hosting was like, this is going to fall right in line with what we're talking about. Thank you, Lord. Like, generosity, it's a mindset that we yes. have. Uh, and so we have to purposely plan to change the mindset to overcome our own selfishness. Yes. And plan to be generous and then stand firm in that generosity. We said last week that you're never probably more like God than when you give because... Giving is what he did, giving us Jesus. He gave his best. God so loved. And God is a generous, open-handed giver. And yes. so generosity, we need to learn that this is, this is Christ-like. Hallelujah. And so today we're going to look at three qualities of a generous, generous people. Of generous people. Yeah. Yes. So, Father God, we ask that you help us grow in this. Help us to, to grow in this. Yeah. Because we want to be like you. The first thing is that generous people, how do they give? Number one, they give willingly. Going back to 2 Corinthians 8, 10. 
Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says this. Here's my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first to want to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started and let the eagerness uh, let that eagerness you showed at the beginning match by now your giving. Paul's saying, let's, let's fill in the gap, is really what he's saying. I want to be generous. I want to make sure you are. Just follow through on this. And, and Paul says, give, look at here, give in proportion to what you have. And whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. This says that God's not just concerned with the amount. He's, he's concerned with the heart issue. And we can understand this because, uh, you know, there, there's people that have a lot. And there's people that are, are struggling. And the key is that you could actually give a, a large gift and everybody said, wow, but it might be to a place where somebody is saying, that's really not that big a gift when you take a look at it, you know. And we don't give to relieve our guilt. And like, well, pastor's talking about giving today. I guess I'm going to have to give, you know. <laughs> and the key is, is that we don't give to make ourselves feel better. So to relieve the guilt, certainly. And we certainly don't give to impress people. <laughs> and we're not going to go on social, social media and say, hey, look how generous I was. You know, we're not doing that. It, we give because it's an honor to God. And it's to bless people. Uh, and you give from your heart. It's the heart that God is looking at. It, 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 and the heart that God is looking for is, no, I, I want to give. Willingly. Yeah, I want to give. Yeah. My heart is, I, 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 you know what? After all that God has done for me, I want to give. I want other people to experience the forgiveness of God. I want them to experience knowing God. I want them to experience abundant life. I want them to find purpose that God has ordained for their life and that they fulfill it. Yeah. So it's not like I have to give or you better give, I better give. Mm-hmm. The heart, a generous heart says, I want to give because I want to, I want to bless people. I want to be like God. And so... A quality of a generous person is to be willing to give. The second yeah. quality is to p- generous people give proportionately. That's what right. the scripture was saying. They give in proportion to what they have. So like what Pastor Steve was starting to say there, that, that a person with a little bit, maybe they really don't have much, and they give $10, mm-hmm. that's a sacrifice for that yeah. person. That's a lot for that person. And another person might give $1,000 and you hear about it, you're like, whoa, that person's really generous. God might be saying, well, they're not really that generous. They're, because they're so rich, they don't even notice any difference. Right. It wasn't anything to them. So generous people, we're willing to give, well, we are giving willingly and we want to give proportionately. So yeah, whether you have a little you bit or you have much, 
You give in proportion to what you have. And essentially, with that, Paul is teaching them to plan, like he says, to prioritize your giving, make a plan, set aside. He says this in 1 Corinthians 16, set aside a portion every week so that you have money to give like for an offering, which is very similar to another principle in the Bible um, that has to do with tithing. We talked about this last week. We brought it up. We looked at some verses around it. We said in Proverbs 3 that about, it says that if you will give God the first fruits, um, which is the first, so you set aside the 10, and a tithe is 10%. Yeah. Um, that he'll be faithful to fill your barn, to refill your barn. And yeah. we looked at the Malachi scripture, probably one of the most well-known scriptures about tithing from the Old Testament. It says, bring the tithe into the storehouse, that there would be food in my house, and test me now. And God said, test me in it and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. There won't be room enough to receive. For only place he said to test That's him. the only place he said to test him. And so... We believe tithing is something for the church today, but I know that some will argue that the tithe was just under the old covenant. Right, under the old covenant. The tithe is the law. You know, we're free from the law. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. Yes, he's redeemed us from the curse of the law, but, you know, tithing was 430 years before the law. Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek. Remember that story? is after he uh, rescued his, his nephew Lot from uh, the kings, he, uh, Melchizedek met him and he gave a tithe. And then later on we read here in, uh, I think it's Genesis 28, that we see Jacob, <clears throat> after he had the dream of seeing angels go up and down into heaven and come down from heaven, he, he declared that, Lord, if you, if you bless me here, then I come back to this land, uh, I, I give you a tithe. I give you a tithe. And then uh, let's look at this scripture here. It's Leviticus. Leviticus, the one book you really love to read. I kind of like Leviticus. Because <laughs> it has the atonement in it. That's the part yes, I like. Yes, it does. But Leviticus 27, verse 30. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, the word for tithe in, in Hebrew is maser. And that means one-tenth. It, it mean, it's a portion. It's a portion. A tithe... We'll read it here. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, what does it say? Belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. So scripture is declaring that tithe belongs to the Lord. And so there's multiplying places in scripture that asks us to return that tithe to God. Like the Malachi yeah, scripture yeah. that we just said. And then in the New Testament, um, and let's look at Matthew 23. There's a couple places in the New Testament. Right. Because some people will say, no, it's not in the New Testament. But let's take a look at Matthew 23, one place. And this is Jesus. Um, he's railing at the, the religious people. The, he called them hypocrites in this right. scripture. Who said, I felt like they were so holy before the Lord. Um, and righteous, yet in reality, in their hearts, they could care less about people in need. They were just all about their status. And right. they had money. 
Uh, Matthew 23, 23, so this is Jesus. He says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. Mm -hmm. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Then Jesus said, you know, these, these things... These three next words, they may be in red in your Bible. <laughs> right. But Jesus said it. He said, maybe say it out loud with me. You, you should, should tithe. tithe. Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. He didn't say tithing isn't important. Just do these more. And he said, you should tithe. And so if Jesus said, well, you should tithe, I'm thinking, okay, he's my master. I Amen. should tithe, right? And tithing isn't a qualification for belonging to a church or coming to a church. We kind of want to make that clear, too. That is for sure. It doesn't mean that if you don't agree to tithe, no one's going to ask you, do you agree to tithe when you come into a church? And they shouldn't. (laughs) Right. But our belief from Scripture is that God is concerned about our money because he did say you can't serve God and mammon, and that Mm -hmm. was the God of money. We said that last week, that money is a counterfeit God. And just mentioning money in church, it makes people, you know. Right. But he's concerned about our money because he knows that. And he wants us to partner with him, and he's made a way for that to happen. So if you don't want to tithe, that's your personal decision. But our personal decision, we believe, lines up with the word of God. And as a church, we believe that you will be blessed. Yes. If you take the step, you will see that, put God to the test He will pour out a blessing on your life. And he's made a way for us then to steward our money so that it becomes of eternal value what we do with it rather than just spend it on ourselves. It's like when I sow money into church or a ministry that I'm actually laying up treasure for myself in heaven where moth and rust will not destroy. Amen. And there will be... A reward for that even in heaven. For sure. I mean, we're not doing it for the reward, but we are doing it actually so that we have more money to give for the work of the kingdom. Amen. We, the church, churches, ministries, they don't run for free. There's a lot of things that money will do to advance the yeah. kingdom of God in the earth. Uh, and truthfully, we believe that tithing is really the baseline. Okay. It's the beginning. Right. And then there are, there are offerings on it. The Bible yes. speaks of tithes, and I know I'm making people nervous. <laughs> and offerings, but it does. If you just read the word of God, you'll see it speaks of tithes and offerings. That's truly all the way through. The, mm-hmm. makes it very clear in the Old Testament. But offerings are in addition to the tithe. Right. And so, but when we do believe that when you, when you trust God with your money, he will, he will bless that 90% that you have. Amen. In your in your control, and many I know, like I said, you were thinking like Pastor Steve said last week. Yeah, like, like last week I said, no way. There's no way things are so tight. There's no tithe, way yeah. I can tithe now. You know, geez, if I, you know, I mean, really, if I if I tithe, if I give God ten percent, I'd have to rearrange my entire life around God. <laughs> <laughs> i'd have to actually prioritize god over all the things that i'm doing in my life (laughs) it's so radical 
<laughs> well, uh, yeah. that's the point. Yeah. That is the point, folks. It sounds radical at first, but uh, the truth is, and the reason so is because we've been in control of our lives for so long, giving yeah. up something that we we declare is the source of everything uh, to God who created all things. You know, we, we just have yeah. struggle with it. But here's the time to get out of the boat. To get out of the boat and walk on water with God. Exercise your faith. You know, there's a scripture in, in where Jesus says, if you're faithful in a little, you'll be faithful in a lot. He's talking about money. Faithful in a little. That can mean a couple of things. That the value of, of money to God is really not as big as what we think it is. He doesn't need money. He no. doesn't need money, but his people do. Yeah. And in advance the kingdom, people need money. It's actually a really a low-grade test if you look at things through your spiritual eyes. Yeah. See, God's agreeing with that right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know... We want to have God involved in our finances. We do. Things are going to start getting tough. And now that, you know, things are tough in a lot of places, this is the time to really put God to the test. And I encourage you to put God to the test because he is faithful. He He is is faithful. You know, we need to train ourselves to yield ourselves to God in our finances. You know, he talks about finances actually more than he talks about heaven or hell. That's pretty yeah. amazing. It is, yeah. So if, if, if you do nothing, you're never going to be generous. You have to train yourself to be generous. And so generous people give willingly, with a willing heart. They want to bless others. They're reminded about what God has done in their life. And this is a way to uh, spread the gospel. And generous people give proportionately. Amen? And then... Generous people give, number three, yeah. Sacrificially. They give sacrificially. They don't just give when it's just always easy. Always comfortable, but actually give in a way that sometimes you feel the sacrifice of yes. what you're giving. And Jesus told a powerful story about that when he, um, in Mark 12, we're going to look at that gospel, Mark 12, starting with verse 41. This is a story about the widow. We know that story. You've probably heard that story. Who gave sacrificially. And it's pretty amazing. It's a sobering thought when you start to read this story that Jesus is sitting there with his disciples watching people give. (laughs) And the Hebrew says that he ever lives to make intersection for us, but he is also the one who receives your tithes. He does. It says that, yeah, in Hebrews. But it says in verse 41, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> You're right. He is. And many rich people put in large amounts. Verse 42. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, this woman, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. Verse 44. 
for they gave the tiniest part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Eh, wow. That is sacrifice, folks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and some, some of you are going in that direction. You, you, you are sacrificially generous. Yes. With your finances, with your time, you know, your prayers, your faithfulness to serve. There are people in here that are sacrificial. Yes. And I, I would ask you to just think about this for a moment. When's the last time you felt like I actually gave sacrificially? I can tell you about a few times. Yes. You know, we started to think about this in our own life. It was like, well, you know, the God showed up. We gave, we felt like it was sacrificial and God showed up. Yes. In special ways. 35 years ago, whenever we just were getting into the things of God. And I was working as a nurse. And um, when we, we were first learning about tithing and giving. And the timing just happened to be, as we learned about tithing and giving, God was leading us. Because I, I had a desperate desire to be a stay-at-home mom. I wanted yes. to quit my nursing position and be a stay-at-home mom. But that would eliminate one full-time income, which was actually the larger of That's the two right. incomes at yep. the time. And it just seemed impossible. But we were learning about tithing and giving. We realized, oh my gosh, God has made a way for us to do this. And that's how we felt, as though he was leading us. Trust me. Yeah. Step out. And so right when we went to one income, we began to tithe. Yes. And so that tithing with one income was felt sacrificial. It was like, ah, we could use this for a lot of other things, Lord. We cut back on some extra spending that we didn't have to do. All right. And we really had to step out of the boat and trust God. It was, there was just no other way around it because we had never lived like that before. And we clung to some of these scriptures that we saw about, test me now in this. You know, bring the tithe to the storehouse. I see what you're doing and I'll pour you out a blessing. There won't be room enough to receive. He said to test him. And so we, and the, here's, here's the thing about it. He was faithful. Amen. Things didn't break down. I'm not saying that a pile of money came into the door, but things didn't break down, and it just seemed like the kids didn't get sick. We didn't have all yeah. these medical bills or anything, like something unexpected right. that could happen. The bills were all paid on time, all the utility bills, the mortgage. I learned how to fix the dryer. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Go buy the belt. It's easier than paying $150 for a service call. Yeah. But somehow God stretched that one income right. and the 90%. It was something. The far lesser amount than we had two incomes and multiplied it. Yes. How many of you have found that in your life? You go, I don't know how it happened. It just, yep. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So he was teaching us. Right there at the beginning to learn to live by faith, to trust him with our finances and to live by what we called last week, like this barn mindset. Yes. We had uh, another time that we were thinking as uh, after we came back from uh, Bible college and uh, we were at uh, Down to Victory. And this is when we were meeting in the, uh, the, the theater. No, this, I think this was at, they, we were at Mystic Pine. Mystic Pine, yeah. okay. Mystic Pine. Were we? 
Anyhow, what's important is that Pastor John had a uh, a word, and he gave it, and he says... A prophetic word. Yes. Yeah. It was really... The, when he spoke, you could sense the anointing increased in the room. And he said that uh, he believes that God is saying to, to us that if we help this missionary couple who was in South Africa pay off their house, pay their mortgage, then God himself will pay off our mortgages. And so we believed that. We held tight to that. And above our tithe, what we decided we were going to do was our mortgage payment, we also paid, but we matched our mortgage payment to give to pay for that guy's house. As an offering. As an offering. And what happened is that, you know, that it didn't happen like this. You know, it was over a year. We kept, we were faithful in our giving. We filled in the gap of, I want to be generous. And then we actually did it. And then what happened after a year, unexpectedly, Pastor Mamie receives an inheritance. And so guess what? (laughs) The mortgage was paid off. Mortgage was paid off. And the missionary's house. The missionary's house was paid off. And then after that was paid off, then this all yeah. came. Another part is it's, that when we were at the school, this is when we started to connect with uh, Think Missions. Uh, we were always looking for a building, always looking for a building. But with the opportunity that Think Missions has and did have and presented to us that we started seven churches in Cuba, which means buying a house and they use that house for uh, the the church. And not only that, we also looked around and we found some people that were also in building funds. We gave into their building funds because we're sowing seed. We're sowing seed. God knew that we were looking for a building. Yeah, so, uh, you know, meanwhile, you're setting up and tearing down. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thinking, I want a building, Lord, but it's like, well, these people need a building. And so... Sow into somebody else. Be a blessing to somebody else. And God will see. And here we are. Yeah. You're sitting in You know, and I'm convinced. I am just, we are both convinced that we'd never have this building or church. Right. If we hadn't learned to follow God. In the first step, you say faithful in a little. Because as time goes on, your your trust has to grow bigger than what you believe God for, for a couple thousand dollars, all of a sudden, it's like it's multiple thousands of dollars. It's like, well, this is, gets a little harder. You, we always think, well, I'll, I'd do that. It's like people think, well, if I won the lottery, I'd, then I'd tithe. No. <laughs> because if you're... You wouldn't. <laughs> it'd be harder to give away that money if you're not used to letting it flow through your hands. Come on. And so, you know, I be, we look at this building so often we walk into it and just say, oh, God, thank you. For what you did, you st- we all start out in small places. Right. But, but God is preparing us for what he has prepared for us ahead. That's, that's a good word. And we right have there. to realize there's a plan involved here, that it isn't just the needs fulfilled today. He's stretching us for a reason down the road. You know, and I think long, even how long before we, we, we had a building fund during that time. Yep. And people sowed into it faithfully. I mean, yes. this building is a result of people's generous giving. That's the tithes and offerings. Yeah. 
And I think it's just amazing what God can do, especially through a pretty small congregation. And so tithing and giving um, in in special offerings has just become a normal way of life for us. I don't say that to be like boasting. It's just, it just is. And I think many of you who have been tithing and giving for years, that's what you'd say. I don't even think about it anymore. You exercise your faith for it. Yeah, but I mean, you don't labor over the thought of it. When you decide to go all in and like rearrange your life around God and your priorities around God, you begin to believe easier and easier. He sees it may not be exactly in the timing that I want, but he'll make his word. He'll make good his word in your life. And he has ways to pour out a blessing on our lives that he says there won't be room enough to receive it. Look at this scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. We're still in 2 Corinthians there. This is just so good for us to remember because it says, this is, uh, this is the Amplified yes. this time. It says, remember this. <laughs> he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously, why? That blessings may come to someone. Yep. will also reap generously and with blessings. Hallelujah. Yeah, and we, before we pioneered this church, the, the church we belonged to then was, was victory and family church there down there in cranberry uh there was a wonderful generous couple there these people were joyful to give and they had they had a nice little beach home in in colonial beach virginia and they were like you know you guys need to get away sometime and they would often offer us keys to the place and say just go get away it's all free just enjoy it yourself and then i thought god has ways to bless us may not be that he pours the money directly into your hand, right. but he shows you favor in other ways to, to, to bring that blessing. And then just this past summer, our whole family, yeah. uh, our son, Pastor Ben and Amanda and the kids and our daughter and son-in-law who are in Virginia and their three, and their kids. three kids were invited to stay. There's members of their, they have a church and the members in their congregation, again, very generous people joyful to do it said i want you told our daughter hannah i want you to invite all of your family and we're going to stay in their house their house huge. Is this huge seven bed seven bathroom house on the beach swimming pool in the backyard beautiful place come we want you to stay for 10 days stay for free they stocked the refrigerator they had freezers up they had a downstairs freezer, an upstairs freezer. They didn't just stock it with hamburger. They had filet mignon in there. For the kids even. Every, right. All of us, they filet mignon, packs ribs. Of spare ribs and all these nice things that they put in. They were, they were, please enjoy everything. We don't want a penny back. This was a cheerful giver. I thought yeah. these people had the gift of giving. They really did. It was their ministry. It was their ministry. And I, at the time when we were there, before we left, I, I thought, I wonder what this would cost to rent a place like this. So I got online and just looked up some other homes that were similar in size in that area. And it was at least a minimum of $14,000 for one week to rent. 
and thought, we could never have done that. <laughs> we would have never. And I'd always had it in my heart. Lord, I really want our family to all be together, go somewhere, like all the grandkids She'd have fun. She'd be saying that for years. Yeah, at yeah. the beach. And then I'd, as time went on, and then after COVID, everything, like all the pl- prices just ballooned. Yeah. It was like, we're never going to be able to do this. And then you get, my daughter calls and says, guess what? <laughs> Someone in our church wants to give us their house for We're 10 days. We're on the way. Yeah. <laughs> and they actually said, she just told us this a few weeks ago. Yeah. Don and Marsha are saying the same thing. They want us to come back this year too. So we're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we say all that to just help you understand and maybe inspire you that, that make a plan in your own way to be generous because it does start with us. Yeah. God's saying, be a giver like he's a giver, to give willingly, to give proportionally according to what you have. Yes. And sacrificially. And I think we'll never outgive God. Come God on. sees everything that we give. And, and just like we started to say at the beginning, God said, he doesn't want us to be great at spending <laughs> on ourselves. He doesn't want us to be great. Be great at bargain hunting. That's okay. Bargain hunting's good. I like a bargain. <laughs> I'm a bargain hunter. And don't be great at storing up treasures for yourself. Right. On earth where rust and moth destroy and thieves break in and steal. But be great at storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. Yes. And I know, you know, some of you tithing and giving um, still it sounds kind of crazy. But we, we say test God in it and see if he won't show up. We started out there. Yeah. You just cannot outgive God because when you give, we are learning to be like him. Yes. But I think we can say that verse so often, God so loved the world that he gave. But when you really think what he did, he gave everything. He gave the kingdom. Yes, to us. He gave the kingdom to us. Fear not, little flock. He said, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. They can blow your mind. I still have that plaque. I love that verse. That that helped me. That verse was just stuck in my heart. It's like yes. one of those life verses. Because get, letting go of your money can be a fear, fearful thing. But when you realize he's watching over and then he gives you verses like that, fear not, little flock. It's your father's yeah. good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Then it just gets so much easier Sweet. to release it. You know, let's you pray. Know. Father, we ask that you would... By the power of your spirit, you would, you would stir our hearts so that we actually have the boldness to act upon what we, we heard. We ask that you speak to us, Lord. We, we want to be able to trust you more and more and more and more. We want to trust you in our finances. We want to tithe. We want to be a cheerful giver. We want to be good at the ministry of giving. And we ask that you would give us eyes to see the opportunities that you set before us to help people, to empower your church. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Let's make it more personal. He says, God gave his son for me. God gave his son for you. Because he loved you. 
So even when we sinned against him, he still was willing in love to give his son to save us. So he, how did God give? Well, he did make a plan. To give. <laughs> he planned right. to give his son. Go on, girl. <laughs> and he gave his son willingly. He put him, he gave him first the best. And God, I pray you open up our eyes to see just how beautiful and big that love is for us. That Jesus loves us. The Father loves us. The Holy Spirit loves us. You know, God gave sacrificially, that's for sure. Jesus gave us himself sacrificially. Jesus never sinned. He was, he's the Lamb of God that was shed his blood for our forgiveness of our sins. Jesus gave his life in our place on the cross. He rose again from the dead and that anyone, it doesn't matter how far away you feel like you are from God or, or what you've done or how dark your life is. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Your sins will be forgiven. Your old way of life will pass away and all things will become new and all things will be of God. If you're here today and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, I ask you to raise your hand high enough so that I can see it. And we'll all pray a prayer. I ask you, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. We aren't guaranteed tomorrow. You watch it online. We invite you to give your life to Christ. It's not about joining a church. It's about actually your eternal life. Coming to know God, find your purpose, and experience life as Jesus calls us to. Let's all say this prayer. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I receive you into my heart. I receive you into my heart. I give you my life. I give you my life. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for salvation. And the gift of eternal life. And the gift of eternal life. Jesus. Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Save me from all of the sins. Save me from all my sins. Make me brand new. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. So I can serve you. So I can serve you. And follow you all the days of my life. Follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I just, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. And I want to say one more thing before Jason closes. That's all right. I just think about the word that Mary gave during worship. There's a season. There's an opportunity to step out, get on that. What, what's that thing called? The, the, the moving thing at the airport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the faster, further. But it's, there's a moment now for us to act if you feel as though the Holy Spirit is saying, step out. Don't hesitate. Don't resist. That was a now word from God for us. And I believe whoever acts on it is going to be blessed. So, all right.